Every day we are given a new set of moments and we can do whatever we want with them. We always have the power to choose a better way of being, to move in the right direction, to live today better than yesterday. This is the possibility of today. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. This is the possibility of today podcast. It's so great to have you here. So thanks so much for tuning in and spending some of your day with me. Kira Sherman is going to be coming on. And if you haven't heard of Kira, she is a writer, a speaker, and what she calls a truth mentor. And she's going to actually explain to us exactly what she means by that and what she does. But the reason why I think you're going to just love this show is because in the interview, Kira is so honest and so open and just keeps it real. And I just love when people do that because it just makes it so much easier to kind of learn from other people's stories and understand how the things they've learned and realized transfer into your own personal life. And Kira is just really amazing about sharing some really helpful insights during this interview. And specifically, one of the things that we really get into is like how you deal best with other people when they're like pushing your buttons or doing things that are rude or being negative or honestly just misbehaving because there really are things that you can just integrate into your day and approach situations in a different way and then you don't have to worry about anyone throwing you off your game or how you feel or ruining your day. So we go specifically into that and then also how you can use the same approach when you're just worried about something or frustrated or you have something weighing on your mind and you just want to be free from it and have a good day and move through your day feeling good. So Kira and I got into all of that in the interview and I think you are going to really enjoy it and find it helpful. But before we go there, I wanted to quickly just talk about a couple of other topics and give you an update. If you're in the LA area, I'm actually going to be speaking uh, in April at the Valley Economic Development Center, which is this great organization. Their mission is to help enrich the community and to specifically focus on helping people grow their businesses. So they provide all of these free consulting and business and financial services. So if you're in LA and you have a business and you want it to grow, or if you are even thinking about starting a new business, I would 100% recommend checking out the Valley Economic Development Center. They're actually associated with the Small Business Administration. And I'll keep you updated on this event that I'm going to be speaking at in April in case you're around and available and you want to either check out the event or just come by and say hello, because it's always just great to meet in person. So I will keep you updated on that. And another really cool thing I want to pass along, and it is called blueapron.com. And if you haven't heard of Blue Apron yet, you totally have to check them out. I have turned on so many people, my mother-in-law, my sister, all my friends now swear by Blue Apron. Okay, so Blue Apron essentially is this company that provides you with the recipes, the ingredients, and everything you need to cook a meal. But this is why it's so great, right? For me, first of all, I'm busy. I have two kids. I'm working full time. The amount of time I was taking to go to the grocery store, to cook, to clean up, and then you add on my daughter's homework and just all the other stuff that we have to do on a daily basis, it was really beginning to become a lot. But I knew I wanted my kids to eat healthy. I didn't want to just 
get pizza every night, which I was sometimes resorting to. And here comes a solution, right? Enter Blue Apron, stage left. No joke, because this is what happens. Every Tuesday, I get this box. It literally comes to my front door. It's like this refrigerated box, and it has, like, fresh vegetables. And then it has all the recipes. And sometimes it even has, like, special spices and just things that I'm going to need for the recipes or the meals for the week. Now, you would think this would cost a fortune, right? In all honesty, when I was going to the grocery store, I was spending a fortune and way more than I spend on Blue Apron. And you are never eating the same thing. It's healthy. It's recipes that I would never know how to cook because they're doing all of the homework. You know I like passing along good stuff. Blueapron.com. Check it out. All right, then the last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we get into the show, if you've listened before, you know I live in L.A., I'm in traffic regularly. <laughs> For those of you who are here with me in L.A., you know L.A. traffic, but I have embraced it, and the way I've embraced L.A. traffic is by enjoying myself while I'm stuck in it <laughs> for two hours. So that means I'm listening to podcasts, to my favorite songs, my favorite music. And this week, the song that I'm recommending, Missy Elliott. And I used to listen to Missy Elliott, you know, a long, long time ago when I was in college, in my college years. Just always loved her, and specifically the song, Lose Control. I'm going to play a quick excerpt of it for you during the break, and then after the break, we're going to get into the show for the day. It's a great song, right? Missy Elliott, Lose Control. It actually was in the Super Bowl this year during the halftime show. And after it, downloads have gone up like a thousand percent. But now let's skip into the show for the day. Kira Sherman. Kira Sherman is going to be coming on. And if you haven't heard of Kira, she is a writer, a speaker, and what she calls a truth mentor. And so this is the first part of the interview. And Kira is going to give you an idea of her background, who she is, share some really funny stories. And then she also starts getting into this whole idea of like peeling back the layers of these negative thoughts and the things that have a tendency to kind of weigh you down. Check out this first part of the interview I had with Kira a couple days ago. The way that I like to start off these interviews is yeah. this rapid fire session of like just funny questions, but so people can just get to know you, know your personality. So these yeah. are questions that are going to reveal stuff about you. All okay. right. Your, your game. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> All right. What's the better movie? The Godfather or Forrest Gump? Oh, man. This will reveal something about my personality because I hate picking between two things. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go gum. You're like, going gum. Like I love gum. You got to go gum. All right. <laughs> if you could only drink two things for the rest of your life, your entire life, what two things are you drinking? I'm definitely drinking sparkling water. <laughs> I'm going to have to go wine. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, you know, wine, coffee, there's a lot of things you're overlooking here. Oh, coffee! There's so many things I'm overlooking. <laughs> no, here. you already chose, though. You already chose. Next question. <laughs> Do you believe in magic? I believe everything is magic. Do you believe in love? I believe everything is love. Do you push the elevator button more than once for it to come? 
Not usually. Okay, and the final question. Yes. When it's all said and done, will you have said more than you've done? I'll tell you why. Because I spent the first part of my life being probably a bit full of it. (laughs) So even if all things being equal from this point forward, I do even more than I say, I'm just at some point going to break even. That's fair. That's fair. Fair enough. Breaking even is good. Breaking, (laughs) Breaking even is good. All right. Thank you so much for that, Kira. At least we have a good, a good little glimpse into who you are, but go back. Where were you born? I was born in Los Angeles, California. And where'd you grow up? Well, I spent, uh, I spent a fair bit of time in LA till I was about 12, 13. And then I went to high school and a little bit of middle school in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. How was it growing up in LA? What does that feel like? Is that like what everyone would think it would be like? No, because I mean, yes and no. It's really weird. My perception of what Los Angeles was as a kid is really different from the experience that I have of it now. But yeah, in a lot of ways, sure it is. There's a lot of celebrities there and, you know, there's a lot of, it's an actor's town and and that whole thing. But at the same time, I think when you grow up in LA, you don't, you experience something a lot different. Like people who are from LA, you know, they get a, they get a bad rap like for being not down to earth and airy fairy and all that stuff. And I I find the people that are actually from LA, you know, because they're constantly surrounded by all that thing, they didn't come here to be actors. You know, some of them become actors just by virtue of being around the industry. But, you know, I find that a lot of the hoopla comes from people who are actually migrating, you know, to Los Angeles. And so um, I think you can find whatever you want to find anywhere you go. It's funny, right? Because I'm from the Midwest. And as a Midwesterner, like you grow up defining yourself like, I mean, I, and I guess I can't speak for all the Midwesterners, but <laughs> there is this perception that it's so far, they're not even on the same time zone. They just live in their own land. And yeah. then I move here. And so I kind of come in with like, this is kind of weird. I'm from the Midwest. like, And here I am in LA. And you come yeah, here yeah. like, no, it's just like regular people. And just like there's people in... Michigan, where I was from, that were caught up in whatever they were caught up. It's just it doesn't matter what identity that somebody's (laughs) taking on, you know, it's still an identity and it's still a mask to some degree. So whether you put a label on it of like LA vibe or New York vibe or you know, whatever it is, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Like every I think every place, every country even has like a personality. Yeah. And so that's not a bad thing, you know, it's just that that's the, there's a little bit of a personality that kind of comes out there. And, and, uh, but, but I think the point is, is that it doesn't really matter where you go. Like, even though there's an overriding arch of a theme of a place, you know, one's not really better or worse than, than, than the other. You may resonate with one more than the other, but at the end of the day, you know, people are people and we're all human beings having a different, you know, experience of our own personalities and life and, yeah, totally. So you went to high school then in Charlotte? Yeah. Name of the high school? Charlotte Mecklenburg. Charlotte Wait, Mecklenburg. Sorry, sorry. So- oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> South Mecklenburg. <laughs> South Mecklenburg. It must have been like a completely different experience to move to North Carolina. Now that's where it gets interesting. Like then when I when I went to North Carolina, then I had like a frame of reference, right? It was like, well, this is a different experience. 
I really miss LA, you know, and it became this thing where, where Charlotte was bad and LA was good, but that was just something that I kind of made up in my mind, I think, you know, a little bit because I was adjusting and I had some really challenging experiences like assimilating there, you know, and feeling a bit um, rejected by the kids in, in my in my school and is it the whole LA thing and it's just the new kid it's the like the kind of the scene we see all the time like the new kid comes in people don't know her she's yeah. from LA <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly and my response to that didn't help me out <laughs> sure sure right <laughs> I was like yeah I'm the girl from LA and this place sucks <laughs> and then where'd you go you DC for school no yeah well first I actually stayed in Charlotte for a year oh did you uh, uh-huh and and then I transferred and through my university in Charlotte I went abroad and then I transferred into American University up in DC yeah you like DC uh, yeah you know it was the experience that I had at the time I became like an intellectual you know was, I mean I'd always kind of been a, a nerd in school in some ways so so in college it was more like uh, I was a, I just worked at the library a lot. Like I spent a lot of time at the library, but then yeah. I party. I went into like phases of, of also like experiencing the party life a little bit and, you know, experiencing, um, yeah, what it was like to, to know myself in that way. I kind of went, you know, in and out of that in different phases of my life, I think corresponding with the amount of pain that I, you know, was walking around with. So what did you want to be when you were in college? Did you like, were you, um, like, I'm going to graduate with this degree and be this or what was the deal? Not really. I, I feel like at one point I really wanted to be a, uh, a lawyer. Uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be a writer or a lawyer. And I feel like they both correspond with like the two parts of my brain. You know, it was like the... <clears throat> you know, the analytical side, it was like, yes, I want to be a lawyer. I want to make money. I want to, you know, be successful and build a life that looks like blah, blah, blah. And then on the flip side of that, I wanted to be a writer because I love words and I love poetry. And there's a part of me that is always feels like pure poetry, you know, and, and resonates with, with the magical, you know, with the, with the unexplainable, with the untouchable, even with words, you know, and so that part uh, is is the writer in me, and uh, and so at some point in college, I actually almost became a journalist because I felt like, oh, writer, that must mean this. <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't really until pretty last last couple of years where I had a deeper understanding of what that writer within me is is really about, which is more about the philosophy uh, of living, you know, through your heart and through experiencing this life in a, in a, in a more conscious way. So Kira, tell me what you do. So I, you know, right. <laughs> I, roller I, ha I have to I clarify mean, that a little. Let me, yeah. let me narrow that one down. It's funny that I use an example that isn't even true. I, I roller skate. I don't roller skate. Um, um, <laughs> I work as a, as a mentor. I, I mean, I do a few, a few things, I should say. Um, but one of the main things that I do that I'm really inspired to do uh, is, is work as a mentor with people who are on this path. What do I mean when I say this path? I, I mean somebody who is looking to live in the moment, who lives 
from their heart, you know, who wants to go with the flow of life, who is looking to live authentically mm -hmm. uh, to, to themselves and their soul. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a self-realization path, you know, yeah. realizing who you are beyond the thoughts, beyond the body, um, beyond the thinking mind. It's interesting. I was reading something that you wrote where it said, um, you need to remove what gets in the way of who you are. And you peel back the layers, literally, of, of what gets in the way. Yeah. Is that something that you live and also kind of work with other people to do? Yeah. When I say peel back those layers, it's about what are your beliefs about what this world is, about who you are in it, right? And is it true? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's not true necessarily. So what I support people in doing is that that's not who you are, that your thoughts, your thinking, that that analytical mind is something that you use. It's not something that uses you. And sometimes the thoughts that come up that you're hearing and believing are wrong. So that was the first part of the interview that I had with Kira, and I just thought it was so helpful. I mean, so much of what she shared throughout the course of the time I got to speak to her, but specifically in that first part, what she was talking about in terms of really being aware of the thoughts, you know, that run through your mind and why it's so important. There's actually this great quote that says, don't believe everything that you think. And it's just so true. And it's easy to kind of fall into the trap of just listening to your thoughts and buying into all of the nonsense and the junk. And Kira and I actually have some more discussion about that in the next part of the interview I'm going to share with you. And, and I'm also going to share with you just things that you can be aware of so you can make sure your mind isn't just like sucking you into the drama and the nonsense and limiting beliefs and whatever it is. And the other thing, though, from that first part of the interview that I thought was really insightful that Kira was sharing was, you know, that backstory of when she was younger, just kind of feeling like an outsider and how that extended through the course of her life. And the fact, of course, that she recognized that. And what's interesting is that everyone that I have spoken to has had an experience where they have felt like an outsider or felt like, or felt like they had to do things to fit in. I mean, we all have our stories. I know I definitely have mine and it's important to what I have found to recognize them, not so that you stay stuck in the past or you just make an identity out of them, which Kira actually is going to get into in the second part of the interview because it really is important to look at these situations and these stories in the right light, because then they can no longer keep you trapped in the past and they can't influence, most importantly, how you're showing up in the moment in front of you. And so what's really important is to acknowledge the stories and then make certain that there aren't any patterns that you may still be acting on because of things that have happened. And a lot of times, Honestly, it's so subtle. So that's why you have to just make certain that you're aware. You know, for example, I know my stories and I know I felt like an outsider, you know, when I was younger. I mean, whatever the story is, I could give you 50. 
But the point is, is that I was very aware that some of the things that had happened, even though I'm like, I moved on, I'm in my 30s, I could see how some of those things were showing up in my present moments, like the need for validation or being too affected by people's negative opinions or reactions. And even though sometimes I didn't realize it, there was something in my mind that was looking for this validation and other people's reactions. And once I became aware of it and realized the connection that it may have had to my story in the past, it no longer allowed it to be something so subtle that I couldn't make intentional choices in the moment and be very conscious and present of, and quite honestly, make different decisions of how I was going to show up in the moment. And that's how really being able to step back and look at the quote unquote thoughts that were running through my mind or the stories and beliefs that were running through my mind helped me because I was able to be very aware of the tricks that sometimes my mind would play. It's interesting because Eckhart Tolle, who is an author and you may have read his book, The Power of Now, he talks about how you have to be aware of the unconscious patterns that may be showing up because that's how you start reclaiming your power from them and not just falling victim to them time and time again without even realizing what's happening because a lot of times they're so subtle. And the other thing that, you know, really stepping back and looking at your stories from a conscious perspective allows you to do is you can see how these stories may have made you feel one way, like an outsider or powerless or abandoned or whatever the case is. But when you step back and really look at them from a different perspective, you can also see how the things that happened to you may have been hard at the time to work through, but they also had in them important seeds that would allow you to find your way to who you truly are. And so you weren't meant to ever be trapped by them, but rather to reclaim your power from them so that you truly understand how to move through the day and move through the rest of your life without letting other people's bad behaviors or the things that happen around you or problems or challenges control you. And Kira and I talked about this a lot during this interview, and I'm going to share an excerpt and something that she shared that was just really, really powerful. And then I'm going to share a couple of stories that happened to me last week where I literally had to put into practice what Kira and I were talking about. But first, I want you to hear Kira's story and a story she shares about her dad and the two things that you just really want to be aware of when these situations arise in your own life. And the first is, of course, to just be aware of the tendency to react and the normal patterns that are easy to kind of just keep acting on time and time again. And then also the second thing she points out and what you're always absolutely going to want to do is to go into these situations, as Kira says, with an open heart. This is a story that Kira shared of a really powerful moment that she had with her dad. You know, he was acting really, we had this family vacation and he was acting very angry. And I remember being angry in reaction to that because he was kind of ruining the family dynamic. You know, it was, it was visible and it was, 
upsetting to everybody. We weren't all necessarily talking about it, mm-hmm. but there was a little bit of like a, you know, we're all shrugging our shoulders. And I've been on this path long enough at this point to be aware that I'm in judgment, right? I'm angry. I'm having a reaction. To him. Because, to him. Okay, yeah. To the way that he's showing up in my story. Okay. And so I go on this run, and I'm running on this run, and it's beautiful. We're, we happen to be in Alaska. This was a couple years ago. And I'm running on this run, and I'm so angry in my body. And I just keep asking myself, like, why? Why? And I can feel this, like, resistance and this, like, and all of a sudden it cracks. Huh. During the run. And, yeah, on this run. And I could just feel the frustration just, like, pop. And I have tears in my eyes, and I'm like, what is this? And I could just feel my heart, like, melt open in that moment. And it was like, I feel helpless. And there was a part of me that was like, I felt helpless my whole life, especially as it pertains to my father. And to give you a little bit of background, like, you know, I joked with you earlier about, like, I have abandonment issues. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why I used that example. Like, for a long time, that was my identity. I was abandoned. I had abandonment uh, issues. So anyway, I'm moving forward, and I realize I'm helpless. And when you're talking this- about you have abandonment issues, you're specifically referring to your dad? Is that what you're talking yes, about? Okay. Exactly. So this is, this is, like, I feel helpless. I've always felt helpless because I can't control him or make him you know, feel a certain way about me and I can't, I can't get him to, 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 to not pretend because I know that he's always loved me, but like, I can't get him to necessarily show me that all the time, you know, and I grew up having that disconnect of wanting to see that from him and not experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I'm on this run, I'm feeling helpless and it's about that, but I'm feeling helpless about other things, about the suffering in the world and, you know, whatever it was, you know, that maybe I've experienced in my lifetime. So it's cracked open. I'm, I'm feeling this helpless feeling and, and I just felt into the tenderness of it, you know, and I knew in that moment, my only job for the next day was to keep my heart open. When an emotion is done being there, it will be done being done with you. Like people say, I need to let this go. You're not really in charge of that, if I could be really honest. When it's no longer supporting you and you're open to it moving on, you've Mm -hmm. given it space, in other words, it will move on, right? If you're not in resistance to it, if you're not battling with it. So my only job was to keep my heart open, right? This is what you, at the end of the run, this is what you're like, okay, I I feel this intensely and I'm just going to keep my heart open because you leave to go on a run because you're, you're mad at him and you're mad at his behavior, but you know that you need to calm down. Is that why you go on the run? It's, it's not so much that it was more like I, I, because I have enough awareness to realize I'm not mad at him. I have an emotion or a judgment that's being brought up through this story. Okay. It has nothing to do with him. He's just playing a role in my life story to give me an experience to free myself from this judgment. Mm -hmm. In other words, the judgment of helplessness is already there. It's like a core emotion. Now, it's risen for a reason to support me in moving through it. 
because at one point it was suppressed, perhaps, right? In this moment, though, it was unfolding so that I stay connected with the feeling of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I opened my heart, and the next thing that came to me was, I feel to speak to him about this. And so I, I pulled him into the car, and I said, let's go to the supermarket. Will you come with me? And so on our way there, I just expressed how I felt, right? I didn't put it on him and say, like, you've done this to me, you've done that to me, because that's always going to initiate somebody's ego, right? Exactly. The heart always wants to express how it feels, not what's happening in the story. I cannot tell you how many times if you express about the story, it's coming from your head. Yeah, yeah. If you say, this is how I feel, you're coming from your heart. Yeah. So all I said was, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling scared, and I'm feeling helpless, and I wish I could help you, but I know that I can't, and it makes me feel helpless. And I'm a coach at this point as well, you know, mm -hmm. so... So I'm also supporting people on this path, you know, and so I'm feeling really helpless, you know, because there was maybe power in that time of being able to help other people that, that I don't necessarily experience to, to that degree now. So I expressed how I felt and he completely exploded. Now, again, in that moment, all my heart said to me, not in words, but just in a feeling was like, just keep your heart open. All the sense, like I could sense that my my job was just to keep my heart open rather than shutting down, you know, right. which was something I used to do is protect myself, shut down, lash out. Well, I mean, you know, like you're in the moment, you're talking to your dad, you're like, I feel this, I feel that, and you're being really honest, and then he lashes out. I, you know, there's, I could see why a normal reaction in the past <laughs> may have been right. to go protect back. Yourself, right? <laughs> right, right, That's right. what ego does. It protects you from pain. You know, so it puts a wall up. Mm -hmm. But if you're putting walls up, you're also not experiencing the full expression of, of love either. And you've already gone on this run and you've decided you're going to be open in this moment. Yes. You know, and that's my challenge. And so, you know, for somebody who, quote unquote, in the past, you know, has experienced this abandonment, he pretty much goes so far as to say, like, I don't care about you or anybody else. And I don't want to live here anymore. You know, being mm -hmm. like alive. And obviously that's like a shocking thing to hear. And it was, you know, in that moment I was in the story, you know, experiencing the story and, and all that it was. And I just kept my heart open and, and there was nothing that I could say. I just listened for a good, you know, 10, 20 minutes. And after he got it all off his chest, I pulled back into the driveway and in that moment, it was like, well, is there anything else that, that must be said? For me, right? Not for him. This is all about me expressing myself and doing what I feel in my heart. You know, my intuition is calling me, me towards. This has nothing to do with him. His reaction is irrelevant. That's why it's all about me keeping my heart open. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with him. This is about me reclaiming my power from things that are outside of myself that can control me. In other words, this helpless feeling, this fear, this person, whatever reaction that they have. See, I'm reclaiming my power from this. I am no longer afraid, you know, of saying what must be said to my father. You know, it, it, because I'm 
one with with my my heart more as a result of having those conversations, you know? Absolutely. So anyway, in that moment there was one thing left to be said. And I, all I said is, you know what? I hear what you're saying. And I can't change, you know, how you feel. I said, but I don't believe you. I believe that the most important thing in your life is me and your son and your wife and your mom and pretty much family is all you've got. And you can tell me that it's not important to you and you can tell me that you don't love us and that you don't care, but I don't believe you. And I know that you've suffered a lot in your life and I have compassion for that. But right now, you need help. And I don't know how to give it to you. I'm not the one to necessarily do that. But I would urge you to consider getting some help. Because I do think that, that we matter and that this very much matters to you. And that was it. And he just sat there for a moment, and I could feel his own heart be impacted by what I had just shared. And he said, you're right. And, uh, and he goes, I'll think about that. Hmm. Now, at this point, though, it didn't matter anymore, right? Because I had already accepted it by saying what I felt was true, and it was done. It was like in that moment where the story changed and he became friendly, it didn't matter to me anymore. I didn't feel helpless anymore. It was like my I accepted him as he is. If he's going to show up that way, that's how he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like if you're summing that up, you know, and I mean, of course, everybody has their own experiences, but the reason why that conversation allowed you to show up in the moment as who you really are and provide the space that needed to be provided in that moment was because you did what? I was just open and in the moment. I started this with the greatest power that you have is love, right? Mm -hmm. But what is love? You know, people use love a lot but what does that mean you know because there's there's human love which is attachment and there is unconditional love right so I was attached which is human love to how my father was showing up it was impacting me but the moment that I became aware of that and what it was bringing up for me, yeah. I went into a space of being unconditional. I gave him space. See, love is space. I'm allowing him to show up however he needs to show up without reacting. That's why my heart kept saying, stay open, stay open, stay open. Yeah. Because for me, it was about being unconditional in that moment. Not because I need to save him and the only way to save him is to be unconditional. It was in order for me to experience unconditional love, I need to be unconditional. So 
by giving him the space that he needs to show up as he is, by keeping my heart open in that moment, I'm in the moment, I'm present, I'm experiencing what is happening without judgment because I'm open. I'm 100% just being here. I don't have any rules on how he needs to show up or if he shows up this way, then I need to show up a different way. I'm just here. That's love. Powerful, right? Such a powerful story. And at the end of the show, I'm going to give you all of Kira's contact information because she's just an amazing mentor and coach. And honestly, everybody needs some Kira in their life. And she also has this great recording that she's offering to you guys and giving a discount. So I'm going to give you all of that because I want to make sure that you have that information. And it's going to be not only at the end of the show, but also in the show notes. And what Kira shared about that story and in terms of her just one, you know, really being aware and she goes on that run and she just feels her ego and the tension just like melt and something breaks open and she realizes, you know, that she's going to choose to be open. And then she goes back with her dad and has just this amazing conversation with him and provides space. And those really are the two things to be aware of and just be very intentional about when these situations arise in your own life. And, and I wanted to give you specific examples because literally as I'm putting together the show and having this interview with Kira, at the same time, <laughs> I'm seeing these situations come up where exactly what Kira and I are talking about is exactly what I'm having to do. So last Tuesday, I'm having a discussion with Rob, my husband, and during the conversation, I'm realizing we totally see the same situation completely differently. And I also realize that I'm kind of getting a little emotionally charged. Like I'm very aware of how my mind works against me, so I don't usually act on it in the moment but I can still feel when it's getting ready to get riled up and it's time for me to kind of just step back or as uh, Kira did in her story, go on a run. <laughs> so my metaphor for the run that day was I just go to work. Like, so we have this discussion. I feel myself getting emotionally charged and I'm like, you know what? If I stay here and we talk about this now, we're not going to be on the same page. This is what I'm saying to myself. And so then I'm just like, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to just calm down and I'm going to let this emotional charge just kind of go through my system for the day. Like Kira says, you know, you kind of have to let it process through. But if you're aware and you're conscious about what's happening, you don't have to get sucked into it. Right. You kind of like align with the flow and let it just flow through you. So this is what I decide to do. And I go and I go to work and honestly, it's a day where I can feel my mind just pulling for my attention. Like, this is why you're right. These are the million things you need to point out to him, X, Y, and Z. And me literally being very intentional and saying, you know what? Dial it back. Let's come back into the moment in front of you. And we're not going to go on this mind trip because who knows how long it's going to go on and it's just going to charge the situation even more. So I move through the day 
and, you know, kind of run off some of that energy. And there comes a point where I can kind of feel it dying down, like Kira said. Now, I didn't feel like that, who it just melts away, but I could feel that it was a lot less intense and I was ready to have this conversation. So I come home that night and literally step two, right? I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be open. I'm going to provide space. I'm going to be calm and I'm going to tell him how I feel. And so that's what I do. I just like, you know what? What you said earlier today made me feel like this. And what Kira was sharing in her story in terms of always speaking about how you feel and speaking from your heart, that is so right on because it kind of sets the stage for a very different conversation. And so that's what I did with Rob. We have a really constructive conversation. We come to a resolution. I get to kind of let out the rest of that emotion that I could still feel was just the residual part was still there. And after the conversation, I feel good. I feel like I've been heard. He feels like he's been heard. And most importantly, we are able to move forward from that, knowing exactly what we're going to do. And we're on the same page. So that's how it works in the context of, you know, a family member or in a relationship. Now, quite honestly, a lot of times for me, that's easier than when it's like a coworker or, you know, someone you don't know, a stranger, someone you may not be as close to. So what happens and how do you embrace this same approach like with somebody that you work with that does something rude or inappropriate or even maybe misbehaves? Well, of course, I've got another scenario for you. What a week I had <laughs> last week. Okay, so on Wednesday, just last Wednesday, I'm just going through a normal day and I get an email from an attorney and to make a long story short, this is a company that I do business with, and I believe that there are certain services they are supposed to be providing to me at a certain cost. She and the company have a very different perspective. And to be fair, because Catherine isn't on this podcast with me, she feels that she's 100% right, and she has all of the legal reasons and rationales as to why she is 100% correct. And I feel <laughs> that I am 100% correct. And I have all of the legal explanations and rationalizations as to why I'm correct, right? So here we go, right, of course. And I used to be an attorney, so sometimes that's an unfortunate reality because legal arguments just pop in my head. <laughs> Anyhow, we're going back and forth on this issue through email. And I'm like, okay. I cannot let this issue control my day, control how I'm feeling. I cannot get emotionally charged over this. I'm going to handle this differently. So I follow the same approach, you know, the same one that Kira followed with her dad, the same one I followed with Rob. Now I'm just like, okay, I've got to give this space. I take some time to cool off. I don't respond to the email right away because I don't think it would probably do any good. <laughs> And I just go on with my day and eventually again, the same thing happens, right? I'm like, okay, let me try to see this from their perspective. And most importantly, we need to find a solution because if we're both going down the I'm 100% right direction in different directions, 
this is not going to be a situation where we find a meeting of the minds. And quite honestly, I want to just resolve this situation amicably and move on with my business and my day. So I followed the second part and like, okay, I have to just be open, open to another perspective. Just be very centered, open my heart to understanding, you know what? Catherine's just trying to do her job and she has a certain situation, a certain perspective, and I'm just trying to do mine and protect my interests. But we can be very open and honest and have a good conversation and find a resolution. So instead of just sending email back and forth and laying out our legal arguments, I'm like, let's just have a conversation, a phone conversation. So that is what I do. I call Catherine before the conversation. I'm like, I'm going to be really open and calm and intentional. And we're going to find a resolution to this situation. And so I feel better. I'm not distracted. I've decided I'm going to approach the situation differently. And now I can have a conversation with Catherine and we can work together to find a resolution. And, you know, it's really like what Kira was saying. You know, this situation isn't about Catherine or Rob or like Kira was saying, it's not about her dad. It was about her. And how does she want to show up in the moment? How does she want to reclaim her power from a situation that is not meant to have any kind of control over her? And that's really what I did with both of those situations that happened a couple of days ago, because I took advantage of the opportunity that was being given to me with these situations to reclaim my power from these external situations. And in the past, <laughs> I probably would have just repeated the pattern of defending myself and just getting all worked up and doing things, quite honestly, that would just keep me frustrated and ruin my day. But I made a different choice and I got much better and different results than I have in the past. And I felt better because of that. And so I can see how today, you know, I look back on both of those scenarios and I'm honestly, <laughs> as crazy as it may sound, I'm like, you know, thank you. You know, thank you for letting me experience those and move through them in a way where I was using the situation to reclaim my power instead of letting the situation use me. And so I don't know if I would have said this last week when I was kind of managing through <laughs> the emotions of the situation, but I can say today, you know, thank you to Catherine for quite honestly working through this and helping me resolve this so that we could get on the same page and most importantly, move forward from this scenario. And then of course, you know, Thanks to Rob. It's funny because we always joke about we have like this imperfect, perfect relationship. And what we mean by that is like, it's not that our relationship is challenge free. It's not that we don't have issues that come up. You know, there are imperfections, if you will. But we know how to kind of provide the space and be conscious we have a really good communication system around our issues that allows us to kind of learn and grow together when these challenges or these disagreements arise in our relationships. So those were my lessons <laughs> for the week. That's what my week looked like. What'd your week look like? <laughs> but anyway, back to what Kira was sharing and what we've been talking about 
you know, this whole show is you literally can make certain that you are reclaiming your power from situations that happen from other people's behavior, from challenges, problems, whatever it is that comes up. And the way you do that is you're, one, very aware of what's happening, you know, and what's kind of coming up in you. And so you're not reacting, right? You're not playing out the same drama you've played out for years. You're being aware if you're defensive or you're bothered or you're easily annoyed. Like you're recognizing that when it starts arising and then you go and you take some cool off time if you need it. You take some space, you go on your run (laughs) and kind of let those emotions process through you however they need to process through and you're very conscious of what's happening so that you can kind of flow while they're doing whatever needs to be done or while they're undoing themselves in you, if you will. And then the second thing is that you choose to resolve the situation or to show up in whatever the situation is with an open heart and be willing to provide space to do whatever the moment is really calling for. And you realize that these situations that are coming up are providing you with the perfect opportunity to reclaim your power, you know, to no longer let the things that are happening around you suck you in. And they're connecting you also with the understanding of who you really are. And that's the possibility of today. And it's also the show for the day. So thank you so much for joining me. And as I was mentioning earlier, Kira is offering everyone who listens to the Possibility of Today podcast special access to one of her recordings called Know Yourself. And she's also giving a 20% discount. So you can go to the link that will be on this page, but it's also revolutionofself.com. And when you click on Get Support, there's a place where you can highlight life-changing coaching recordings. And then you'll see the option for the recording Know Yourself. And you click on that. And if you type in the coupon code possibility of today, you're going to get your discount. And in addition to that, Kira is also going to offer a 15-minute coaching session with anybody who purchases this recording and uses that discount. So definitely check out revolutionofself.com and this recording, Know Yourself. And again, you can get all this information on the show page for this show. Like I was saying earlier, everyone needs some cure in their life and the opportunity to be able to speak to her, see how it can really impact your own life is something that I would definitely recommend. And I just have to say one more time, a big thank you to Kira for coming on the show and sharing so much wisdom. And I hope you have a really good day and a really good week. And as always, live today better than yesterday. To learn more about making a change in your life, visit possibilityoftoday.com. Don't forget to like Sybil's Facebook page by clicking the Facebook icon on her Web Talk Radio profile page. You can also follow her on Twitter using the handle at Sybil Chavis. Thanks for listening this week. And remember to be entertained, be inspired, be informed. Oh,